Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Let's pray first. Father, thank you for today. It's a gift. Help us to honor you in it. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us. Help us to honor you, Lord, with every thought, every word, every action, Lord, that we might represent you well. Here at church, Lord, this weekend at Fox River, help us to hear from you. Help us to understand what you're trying to tell us. God, that we might respond in good ways to your good message of good grace. You alone, Lord, are good. Be glorified in and through your church here at Fox River, we pray. Amen. Some of my best days ever have started out by praying first. Now, not just in the morning when I roll out of bed, okay, but but praying first throughout the whole day. All right, praying first when it comes to big events or decisions, like praying before that. Praying first before any unforeseen thing happens, whether it's good or bad, by the way. And when those good things happen, to share my joy with God, with Jesus, like, can you believe this happened? Thank you. And also, when the bad things happen, I wish they didn't, but that's just kind of par for the course when it comes to being a human being on this planet right now. But when those bad things happen, it's sharing the burden of my pain with him as well and asking for help. There's this beautiful offer of grace, this beautiful truth that God offers us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. And basically, you've got the exact words there, so you can grade my paraphrase if you want. But basically, God is saying, he's inviting us, hey, come boldly. Imagine God sitting on a throne, not of gold or silver, but of grace. He's like, come boldly with confidence. Come boldly to my throne of grace. And I will give you, in your time of need, I will give you the mercy and grace that you're asking for. What a beautiful gift that is. Hey, help me, help me complete this sentence, by the way. When all else fails, pray. pray. Yeah. Right? No, wrong. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. In fact, at all times, right? When, where, what, it doesn't matter, but at all times, we should pray, come on now, first. Right? Not, not after everything, but pray first. Now, I remember a bunch of years back, this was before Nicole and I were married, so 20-plus years ago, um, man, I, I, life was going really good, okay? I was so happy that I met this wonderful woman, and I, I was going to marry her, all that. I'm finishing up my mathematics degree at UWM at the time. And uh, our wedding, Nicole and I, we've been planning it, but it was only a few months away. It was wonderful. We were even um, uh, looking at new houses. We wanted to start a family pretty early, like right away as soon as we got married. So we're looking at houses and kind of dreaming together, like, man, where are we going to raise our family together, all of that. Now, at that time, I was still in the military. I was in the Army, and this was shortly after 9-11, a couple of years after 9-11, and, and a lot of um, uh, deployments were happening. Units were getting activated, and I knew my time was coming to go to the desert, right, Afghanistan or Iraq, right? So I was like, man, I, I want to serve my country. That's what I signed up for, okay? But at the same time, I felt God calling me to serve my family or my future family. So I was like, I was torn inside. I was really conflicted. And to be honest with you, because of the timing of everything, 
And I was really stressed out. So I remember this one night in particular. I was in my friend's basement at the time. I was on the phone with Nicole. And I was just kind of like pouring out my heart to her. I was really stressed out and just sharing all of that with her. And, and she's, she's hearing me and kind of like fielding it all. And, and she shared with me Romans 8.28, which I was not familiar with at the time. Um, and Romans 8.28 is this, where God tells us through the Apostle Paul, he says, God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So she shares that verse with me. I'm just like, whoa. And then, then we start talking about it. She's like, listen, God's in control. Whatever happens, he's going to work it for your good. He's going to work it out for our good. It's, it's going to be all right. And I was like, wow, that's a game changer. And then she said something, which still, over 20 years later, I still remember. She said, why don't we pray about that? See, I'd been talking to her, pouring out my heart to her, but... But the crazy thing is I hadn't talked to God at all about it. So she's like, okay, let's pray. So we prayed. And I'm, kid, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not kidding you. The change was immediate. Okay, God met me in that basement when I was on the phone praying with Nicole. She was doing all the praying, by the way. But, you know, all of the stress that I was feeling, God took it. It went away. And then God replaced it with peace and comfort that I hadn't had before that. All right. When I prayed, when I decided, took a little bit, but when I decided, with Nicole's help, by the way, to pray first, instead of when all else fails, God gave me the grace I needed. And I know he's got grace for you too. Now when it comes to prayer, there's a wonderful gift in scripture that God gives us. He allows us to look, and in fact, this is true of Scripture, but also true outside of Scripture as well. He allows us to look at the example of mature believers, all right? And he allows us to look at their example so that we can model our prayer life after them. Now, as we continue in our Pray First series here at Fox River, we're going we're gonna to look at the Apostle Paul, and we're going to allow him, I mean, he's a pretty mature believer, right? We're going to allow him to be our prayer mentor. So... With that said, let's turn to Romans chapter 1. If you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 1. Or on your digital device of choice. All right, maybe most of us have the Bible app perhaps. All right, online, I know you got that too. Maybe just open up a new tab, something like that. Okay, but Romans chapter 1, that's where we're going. As we get into Romans chapter 1, let's appreciate that the Apostle Paul, the one we're going to be looking at, he's the one that wrote Romans. It was a letter that he wrote to the Roman church. All right, which was far away. He had never been there before, all right, but he wanted to go there. We're going to see that in a second. And anyways, he's writing this letter to them. And here's just some things we can appreciate about not only the letter, but about Paul himself. When Paul became a believer, he immediately started telling everybody about the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, now you might say, what? The good news of Jesus Christ. Can you be a little more specific? Okay, I'm going to take everything. Paul wrote like half the New Testament, by the way. I'm going to take like all of that 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 I can remember and boil it down to, to this. Here's the good news of Jesus Christ. He's telling people, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Three days later, on the very first Easter Sunday, he rose for your life. Because he lives, you can live too. Jesus is God. He's the Messiah. He's the one, God's anointed one that he has been talking about for thousands of years. He's finally here, God in the flesh. Jesus is God. And if you believe that Jesus is God, and then he died on the cross for your sins, and he rose for your life, then you can, by grace, through faith, be saved. From an eternity without him to an eternity with him forever. 
That's the good news. And all of that is simply by believing. You don't have to do anything. You just believe. That's like really good news to people who need hope, like you and I, if I could be so bold. God used Paul, perhaps more than any other person in all of history, to spread the gospel throughout the globe. To welcome people into the kingdom of God for the first time. Like, I believe, come on into the kingdom. He used Paul to to make that happen more than anybody else. He used Paul, perhaps, more than anybody else. Also, for people who already believed, to help them strengthen and grow in their faith. And none of that would have been possible apart from praying and praying first. So let's get into Romans chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse Eight. Here we go. Romans 1, verse 8. Can we say these, these first words together? Ready? First, I thank my God. Can we just say it again? First, I thank my God. That's awesome. All right, let's just kind of tuck that away for, for a second. All right. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, He's my witness. How constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I so want to come to see you. All right, verse 11. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Like, when I get to you, I want to make you strong, and I want to encourage you. But when I get to you as well, I want you to encourage me. We'll be mutually encouraged. That's so cool. All right, verse 13. I do not want you to be unaware, though, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you. But I've been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among the other Gentiles. Wow. Do you notice in verse 8 how he starts off? He's like, man, I've, I've been, been so thankful. Right? So many of Paul's prayers, they began as prayers of thankfulness. He was thankful for God's grace to him, the chief of sinners. He was thankful for God's grace to others. That, that all sorts, all right, all different colors and types and, and, and ethnicities and tribes and time, like everybody could be saved by the grace that God provided. He was so thankful for that grace. He was so thankful for people and and churches. He was so thankful for their generosity, for their service, for their obedience to God. Like God says, do this, and they're like, yes. God says, jump. They're like, how high? Okay, he's like so thankful for their obedience. He's thankful that the love of Jesus was being lived out by those who believe. And he was so thankful for the friendships that he had. He was so thankful for the partnerships that he shared with others because he knew life is tougher than it needs to be if you're not plugged into a small group or a serving team. He was so thankful for all of those good things. But Paul was also thankful in times when life was hard. I'm talking about when he was rejected, and Paul was rejected often. I'm talking about the times when he was persecuted. Like to be more specific, the beatings, the whippings, the floggings, the imprisonments. He was thankful to God in those times. When he was slandered or naked or hungry or lonely. Paul was really, really lonely 
a lot. How could he be thankful in those times? Because he knew God was with him. And he knew God was for him. He knew God was helping him and teaching him secrets from within the suffering. And he knew God was working it all out for good. And he also knew that pressure that he was feeling, that pressure that he was constantly facing. He knew that that pressure was just the process to produce spiritual diamonds in his life. What are the good things? Think about this. What are the good things that God has graced you with in your life? Right? If we sat down for a minute, we could, we could make, especially if we help each other, we could make a really long list really, really quick. God has blessed us tremendously. When's the last time we thank God for many of those blessings? If you're like me, I thank God for some of them often, but most of them I, I don't say thank you for I would encourage all of us, hey, whatever those blessings are in our life, let's thank God for them today. Can you thank him for his faithfulness? All right? Because he's with you and for you even when life is hard and even when tragedy strikes. Can you thank him for his goodness, for his love, for his kindness, for his blessings? He's got good plans for you and your family's future. Somebody give God thanks right now. Because he is worthy. You can clap. You can say thank you. You can shout. You can do something. But God is worthy. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings you've given to us, your people. And even to those who don't believe quite yet, Lord. But you're working on us. Thank you, Jesus. Now, here's something that God has shown me recently. And I'm just so excited to share this with you. We see this in, in Romans chapter 1. We're going to bring that out just in a second here. But, 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 but it's this. It's prayers of thanks make greater prayer possible. Can we say it together? Prayers of thanks make greater prayer possible. It's like when I say thank you to God and I realize how good he's been in my life, it gives me a boldness or a confidence or, or kind of makes my, my brain go a little further down that blessing path. He's like, oh, God, you blessed me in this way. Maybe I can ask you for something else. Huh. Because you've been pretty good, you know? So prayers of thankfulness, they make greater prayer possible, right? In Romans chapter 1, we see in verse number 8, he starts off by thanking God, right? We see him thanking God, but then moving on to praying for greater things. Like in verse number 11, he's like, man, I want to see my friends. I want to strengthen my friends. Now, he's kind of pouring out his heart to the audience, right? He's, he's writing to the Roman church, and he's like, this is what I want, but you better believe he's praying not only thanks, but he's praying for those things as well. He's like, I want to see you. I want to strengthen you. Then in verse 12, he's praying for mutual encouragement. Again, when I get there, I want to encourage you, but I better get some encouragement from you too. Like, I want that to happen. And then in the next verse, verse 13, he's praying for a harvest. And he's sharing, he's like, man, when I get there, I want a big old harvest. I'm bringing a big old spiritual basket. And when I get there, I want more people to come to Jesus and receive him. Just like like what happened with you, but I want more people to receive Jesus as Savior. And, and, and those people who already know Jesus as Savior, I want, I want to see some fruit in their lives. Like as they walk with God, all right, picture the Holy Spirit like, like um, producing fruit in the believer's life. Like, like the believer is a tree. And as they walk with, I know trees don't walk, but work with me here. All right, like, like Lord of the Rings stuff or something, okay? So, so it's like they're, they're walking and, and, and as they walk with Jesus, the Holy Spirit's like, yeah. And 
apple, pear, banana, right? Or, or love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. I know I missed one there. Sorry. But, but like he's just producing all these different things. And, and Paul's like, when I get there, I want to see that harvest. I want to experience that harvest. Just like we're talking about here for our Fox Shore 2025 vision. All right. We want to see 2,000 people who have never received Jesus before. But we want to see 2,000 people come to faith for the first time. We want to see 4,000 people fully devoted followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. Like we want that harvest to come. We expect it. We're praying confidently to that end. All right, those are the type of things that Paul is praying for. He is constantly praying for and interceding for others that they will be unified. All right, unity is a big thing in the church. If we're divided, that's a terrible, terrible situation, right? He's praying for unity for believers. He's praying that they would be perfected in their faith, becoming more and more and more like Jesus. He's praying that they would receive wisdom and revelation and enlightenment, that God would turn on light bulbs in their spirit's heart, all right, that they would see things they'd never seen before because God had granted them that enlightenment or that revelation, all right? Knowing and realizing more and more of God's power. You know how that is, right? When you, you realize just another layer of how powerful God is. Huh. God can overcome. Or he can. Here's an example of my life, okay? Like, God helped me to pass that test in college. Okay. That was a miracle, small miracle. But, wow, God, thank you for that. God's got some power. I wonder if he can help me with some of the struggles I'm having in life. You know, like with my selfishness or some of the, the things I keep going back to, right? Some of these areas of sin. I wonder, and, and I realize more and more of God's power the more and more I get to know him. The more and more God turns on light bulbs. God is, or Paul is praying those things for other people, all right? That they would increase in their love and purity. That they would grow in their faith and glorify God by living out a good and godly life that is holy but also fully pleasing to him. See, you and I, we have such amazing opportunities to talk to God, praying first for him to help other people. James chapter 5, verse 16, I believe, we see this beautiful gem of truth. Here's the Bill prayer phrase, that the prayers of believers make a big difference. Now, I've seen God answer so many of my prayers over the years, and don't hear any hint of, of of conceitedness in there. It's not about me. In fact, if you could hear a bunch of the prayers that I pray, you would not be impressed. Okay? They, like sometimes there's not even words that are intelligible, okay? Because I can't get them out, okay? And sometimes they're incoherent. They don't make sense. You put it on paper, it's like this is, this is terrible. I can't even autocorrect that. What, what, what kind of prayer is this? It's terrible, okay? But, but it's not about me. It's not about the prayer. It's about the God who is faithful. And the one who can discern what the prayer is supposed to mean, okay, and what's, what's going on in here. And God honors that. God is faithful. I've seen God answer all sorts of prayers for me, for friends, for strangers, for believers, for unbelievers. He's answered so many prayers for Fox River as a church, but also the people therein. He's been amazing. But I want to turn it a little bit, and I'll pick on myself, okay? You can resemble this comment if you want. But what about the prayers I never prayed? I mean, what if me not praying is the reason that somebody never received their miracle? I mean, if we're going to accept this truth from James chapter 5, verse 16, that the prayers of believers make a big difference, 
then we have to take that coin and we have to flip it over and look at the other side, which is this. If prayer makes a difference, then me not praying means that some things could have happened but just never did. Listen, God bends down his ear to us when we pray. Imagine God in heaven. Now, when I do that, I picture just, just God is just humongous, right? And he's, he's bending down his ear to me when I pray. It's like, wow, I, why would you do that? that would, that's amazing that God would bend down his ear to us when we pray. He's willing, he's able, and he's ready to help people whenever we pray. Listen, and Paul knew that. So, just like Paul, let's ask God to help others. And here's a third way, and this was totally unexpected. I tried to look at every prayer as I prepared for this, this weekend at Fox River. I tried to look at every prayer in Scripture that Paul prayed. And it was crazy how frequent this next thing was. Just kept coming across it. All right? We see Paul on a number of occasions asking others to join with him in praying for himself. What? I didn't expect that. Okay. He says in Romans chapter 15... He said, pray for my safety, that I might be able to come to you, right? In Romans chapter 1, we read about a few minutes ago, Paul's desire to, to visit the church in Rome. That's in the beginning of the letter. And then at the end of the letter, it's still there, all right? Chapter 15, he's like, pray for my safety, that I might come to you. In Ephesians chapter 6, he says, pray for my mouth, that I might be able to preach the gospel effectively, like, he just wants to communicate, but he's like, pray for me in that regard. I'm trying to do this the best I can, but I need God's help. And then in Philippians chapter 1, as Paul is sitting in jail, probably going to be executed, he writes a letter, and he asks people to pray for his deliverance, that Christ would be exalted, like lifted high, that Christ would be exalted in his life, whether he lives or whether he dies. Now, oftentimes, when I ask somebody, hey, how can I pray for you? It's difficult for them to answer. Now, part of it is you're not expecting someone to ask you that question. I get it. So you got to get a free pass there. I get, I get it, all right? But, but there's other reasons, too, all right? It's hard to have other people pray for you. It feels like kind of awkward. It feels maybe a little selfish, like, oh, man, I just like, you're praying for me? That's like a lot to ask, you know? I don't, that's probably too much to ask. All right. and, and here's another feeling that, that we get sometimes when other people pray for us or try to pray for us. It's like, hey, listen, listen, there are other people that need prayer more than I do. Don't waste your prayers on me. All right? pray, for, pray for people who really, really need it. Okay? I've, I've gotten that so many times. Now, if you were to ask me, Bill, how can I pray for you? I would say, while I'm feeling some of those things, by the way, I would say, hey, would you pray for me as it relates to the new North Campus, which is launching at Easter. So pray that, pray that God gives me wisdom and pray that I might lead well and have good self-discipline. In fact, you know what? I'm not going to wait for anyone to ask me. I'll just, I'll just say right now, would you pray for me as it relates to the North Campus that I would lead with wisdom 
and self-discipline. And that I would do the very best I can along with our other leaders. All to the glory of God. Now why would I do that? I mean, that's pretty bold, right? Here I am, you know, with a bunch of my friends. And I'm just asking like, you know, a thousand people just, wait, would you pray for me? <laughs> like, that's pretty bold, right? Why would I do that? Because I've learned that the prayers of other people are beautiful in the ears of God. And I've also learned that it's an absolute blessing to me in my life time and time again. Now, why would God bless people like you and I, all right? Why would he, why would he do that? Why, why would he bless us through the prayers of other people? Here's some ideas, all right? So that when God answers those prayers and when he provides the help that we need, that we will be reminded of how good he is, that we would have another reason to say, thank you, Lord, I'm praising the name of Jesus Christ anew in my heart right now, all right? What's another reason? So that we'd be better able to do the things that God has called us to, Ephesians 2, verse 10. Pastor Jason preached on that a couple weeks ago. Okay, listen, there are good things that God has set up in advance, like ahead of time, he's, he's prepared these good works for us that when we get there on the timeline of life, when we get there, we'd be able to walk in those good works and do them. I'll tell you what, I got some problems in my life. Some are actual roadblocks, like I can't do that. Or I can't get out of my driveway because the blizzard and the snowplow came through and there's like this ice wall down there. I can't get out. God, help me with that. All right? There's also some things going on in my heart that need fixing, and I can't fix. I can't, I can't do open heart surgery in a spiritual sense on myself. I need God to do that. And when he does that, I'm able to do those good works that he has called me to do. And check this out. It kind of cascades. It kind of works together, like, like step one, step two, step three, all, all of that. When I do those good works, other people see me. And when they see me, they see Jesus. And then they praise God in their hearts and sometimes even with their mouths, turning to God for the first time perhaps in a very long time because God has answered prayer through the prayers of other people. So just like Paul, I want to encourage us all, ask others to pray for you. As we step back from those three ways that we just looked at how Paul prays, let's just ask a general question. When it comes to praying first, how are you doing with that? All right, like, are you doing really, really well? If you are, all right, I know a lot of us have been praying a lot more over the past week since Pastor Guy introduced the series, all right? That's awesome. But if you're doing really, really well, praise God, hallelujah, I'm happy for you. Many of us might fall into that category, but if there's still room for improvement or if you're not doing so well, which some of us probably would answer that way, then here's some ideas. We're just going to brainstorm together just a little bit here. I'm hoping that you will write one of these down or text it to yourself or, or talk to your neighbor and say, that's the one I need. Or maybe talk to your neighbor and say, that's the one you need. Okay? But, but here's the question. When do I need to pray first? All right? Because I'm not doing it like at all-star level quite yet. All right, here's some ideas. When you wake up. Now, if you're like me, you need an alarm clock or a, an alarm on your phone to wake you up most mornings. What about setting another alarm? Like after all the snooze, I hit snooze over and over. After all the snooze is done, what about like a, another alarm? Maybe like a half hour, 45 minutes later when you actually get out of bed um, to pray. A reminder to pray first. Maybe you're somebody who needs, you know, you need your cup of coffee. You need to get in the shower. You know, like you got to get rolling, okay? Well, here, here's an idea. Put a sticky note 
on your coffee maker or put a sticky note on the, on the mirror. So after your shower, you know, you're getting your hair ready. I don't have a problem, but you're getting your hair ready and makeup, all of that. You're doing whatever, brushing your teeth. You see that sticky note that says pray first, and that's a reminder to you because you, you need to pray first in the morning. You, you, just, you could improve in that area. Maybe, maybe it's like this. When something good happens, all right, being happy with God, not just happy by yourself or, or happy with others, but happy with God. So, so who are the people? Here's just an idea, right? Who, who are the people that, that you generally would tell, all right? Do you call somebody or, or text somebody or, or like when something good happens? Hey, you can't believe what happened. This you know, ask that person, hey, next time I do that, remind me. Did you pray first? You know, it's good to have those people, those teammates in your, in your spiritual corner, right? Give him thanks. When it happens. What about when tragedy strikes or when something bad happens in life? Listen, and I speak from experience, okay? So I, I, don't, I don't say this from, from a distance. I, I know what this is like. But, but, man, when something really bad happens, um, it's so easy to instantly go into worry or panic mode. Am I, am I right? Okay. It is for me, at least. Having those people that, that you run to and turn to, Whoever they might be, friends, family, somebody else, whoever, asking them to remind you, hey, would you remind us to pray together when, when I come to you and I really, really need help? Hey, like, I'm not going to be thinking straight, but can you make sure that we pray first instead of doing all the other things, which are probably good things to do, but we need to pray first. Would you ask that? I've got, I've got a good friend here at church, I've known him for for years. His name is Rob. And he's got this cool idea. He, he carries around in his pocket a prayer stone all the time. So whenever he puts his hand in his pocket, he feels that stone. And it reminds him to pray. Now that prayer stone idea could work really, really well in those tough times too. When you put your hand in your pocket, it reminds you, oh, I need to pray even in a tough time. Here's, here's another area of life. Praying before a big event or a decision. We brought that up a few minutes back, right? It's important to pray first with, with that. You, you do your preparation, you do your studying, you do your brainstorming, you try and, you know, figure out a solution, all of that. Listen, those are important things. I'm not saying neglect those, not for a heartbeat, but pray first. You could, if you wanted to, you could ask others, maybe from your small group or the serving team that you're connected to, and I hope you are, you could ask them to pray for you leading up to that decision or big event, that you might do that in the wisest way and to the glory of God. Again, returning to that original question, when do we need to pray first? Here's the ultimate answer. And this comes from God through the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Can we read this together? Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray all the time. Pray first all the time. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. We're going to ask God to help us to pray first at all times. But I also want to invite those of us who have never prayed this special type of prayer to do so right now, one to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. It took the Apostle Paul 
quite a long time. He was in his mid-30s when he received Jesus as Savior. Perhaps that's the case for you as well. Maybe not the specific age, but, but it's been a bunch of years where, you know, you've, you've been living and you know what? You're ready right now. You're ready to receive him. If that's you, for whatever reason, wherever you're at, would you just raise your hand right now? Say, I'm ready to receive Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, if that's you and there were some of us in here today, perhaps some of us online as well, let's pray this prayer together. I'm sorry for sinning against you. I need your forgiveness and your grace. I believe, Lord Jesus, that you died for my sins. I believe that three days later you rose for my life. And I'm trusting in you alone, Lord, to save me and to make me new. I'm turning to you and I want to follow you right now. I receive you, Jesus, as Savior right here, right now. Thank you. Lord, for your entire church here at Fox River, we, we pray this, Lord. We ask, would you help us to pray first? Prayers of thanks, prayers for others, even asking others to pray for us, which can be uncomfortable. Help us to do that in faith, Lord God, that you would receive the glory that you so deserve. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.